Welcome, 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 welcome to the comic. What's going on, nerds? This is Mike. Bill. And this is the Comic Zone. No guest today, but... What we do later? Uh, well, yeah, we did have an interview uh, Bill did earlier today. We talked with Clint from the Com- uh, Casper Comic Con. Which, how did that go? Tell me. It was how- really good. It was a great conversation. Uh, you asked me before if there's going to be a tattoo set up at the con. And there is. Did I? Yes. Yeah, early in, in a random episode. So you can get tattoos at the Casper Comic-Con. Oh, nice. Just one quick peek about what we talk about there. Yeah, that'll be cool. We'll play that a little later on in the episode. And we'll be there. So make sure to say hello. We're going to be with the vendors. We'll have a table down there uh, set up. So kind of look for us. If you stop by, say hello. We'll probably want to record you. That is going to be the shit. Yeah. I cannot wait like to get to that and just uh you know just be at the event, document the event, talk to people. We're going to have lanyards. Yeah, they're going to give us <laughs> We're official. Uh, we're fucking yeah, moving up. <clears throat> Dude, that's awesome though. So, like, for real though. Yeah, we'll be there. Uh like I said, we'll have Comic Zone t-shirts on so look for us. Many different colors will be assembled like power rangers yes i think uh sean will be walking around in one won't he yep as long as yeah everything comes together is i have no reason why i shouldn't and uh, this is also the last week we're doing the contest giving away tales from the dark multiverse number one blackest night Uh, i said it's a lobo story uh a exclusive run limited run from comics elite uh a nine six is valued around $20. You know, so that's what they, they're listing on the comic value guide. So we're giving that away. If you answer the question, go to the comiczone.com, click on contests, and enter the form there. It gives us your email. Assemble a team. Assemble a team of four. Any My genre. ultimate super team. I got you. Any genre, good, evil, real people, fake people. You're Fantastic Four. Did you have one? Another Vegeta. Vegeta. Frieza. I'm just going to go all Dragon Ball and wipe everyone out. Yeah, and then I might as well like just throw Krillin in there because he's, you know what I mean? I already got two powerhouses. And then we'll go Bulma because she's, she'd just scream at everybody and, you know, make them cower under her assault of words she's she'd be like uh your version of like you did sam kinnison yeah it'd be like kind of like that dragon ball version of that Mm -hmm. nice but she's like just an intense woman where you're just like okay stop yelling at me just chill well yeah anyway so i've got Another one for you, but it will be with the interview with Clint later on after check this shit out. And uh, it's my team of, or my lineup rather for comic, a comic con in my own crazy maniacal way. Okay. 
I'll be interested to hear it. So, to tease also kind of our subject for the show, we're talking about all the various things streaming. I have a fact for you. Check this out. Last year, this is according to Nielsen ratings, America listened or watched uh, 15 million years worth of video. 15 million years ago, man didn't exist. Right. We were in our early primate stage, if you believe the evolution. Or 15 million years? 15 million years worth of video. That's cool. That's, so, that's pretty cool. So we'll get a little bit that's more like into that. like including like YouTube and all that or uh, just... I, I think it was everything. Streaming it, services. You got to... It's... <laughs> It's by industry standards and they didn't really get too much. It was the overview without getting into just hard data. You basically have to pay for that. Um, we can get into that here a little bit later, but yeah, right now I think that's what this episode, we're going to talk about streaming services, how many there are and the abundances of choices. Yes. So, but first let's get in to check this shit out. Yep. Each week, we try to bring you new things that are worth checking out. Just like we're talking about streaming, the minutiae, the flood of choices you have in programming, we want to bring you the best of the coolest shit to check out. So, uh, cool VR game you're talking about, and uh, one interesting kind of news thing I just dropped at you, and your your head kind of exploded a little bit. Yeah. And it's making the nerd culture, and I do have to state... This is rumor of rumor. So this information, I think, should be... Taken with a grain of salt. Yeah. Lady Gaga has been in the talks to be Harley Quinn in the next Joker. Joker 2 I sequel. did see something about that, but you you said it was going to be a musical. Part. There's also rumors that, yes, it'll be a, a musical. And I think they're saying that because it's the same producers who did... Oh, fuck, no, I can't remember the name. The, uh, the musical that Lady Gaga did with... Um, it was a remake. Bradley Cooper? Yes. Uh, uh, Star is Born? Yes, A Star is Born. It's not a musical, though. No, but there, that's where I think that rumor echo is coming from because those are the relationships between that yeah, movie me. and the joker movie um i got you with joaquin phoenix joaquin phoenix phoenix yeah so dude why would it be a musical so all right here's a crazy where i think it might this is where the rumor shit comes in because like, so and and really that's it that's all there is it's probably one ho one hollywood reporter that threw that out there and then it kind of caught wind or caught fire and people kind of talked about it. So I think the only way that would actually work is maybe in a few scenes where, you know, just cause they're in an asylum and how uh, the Joker in there was, that would make he, he was in his own world. He thought he was like part of this show and this fantasy. What if Harley Quinn's fantasy involves some sort of musical thing? Just like we kind of saw some stuff in Wanda that well, dude, that's not too far off. Cause like, uh, Fuck, didn't, isn't there something out there where she does have, like... Or, well, no, in Suicide Squad, like, when she's going through that asylum and it's, like, all the flowers instead of blood. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, and, like... So, it's, like, that would make a lot more sense to me is if they did cast her and then 
yeah in her like her her manic sequences or you know you couldn't really call it a dream sequence right yeah, I like I, just I, in her crazy brain, she would see things in a musical way. This fantasy broken world. Yeah, I could see that. I think that would, and I also trust the creative voices who are putting this movie together because I think that's an important thing. Uh, I kind of want to say, you know, fuck off to the fanboys, not all the, but to the reaction a little bit because I want to trust the creative voices of who are putting it together or give them a chance. To a point, there's a point. Um, but here they've done it right. They have a good track record of putting good movies together. This isn't Sony and Morbius or, you know, they have a good track record. These are top notch actors, performers. Well, and Joker two is official, right? Like the movie itself is official. The, yeah, that they're, they're that's actual. They made they made a lot of money. They'd be stupid not to. They I just, just need, thought it was a, a fine movie by itself. I didn't think it was something that needed a sequel. You know what I mean? I yeah, I, I agree. And I, I worry I'm, that they're gonna like. I know a lot of people weren't like big fans of it because maybe they didn't get it. Like I could see how it'd be hard to be on like get that movie and be like, oh, that's. The Joker, you know what I mean? Like it was, that movie felt to me, and I'm sure a lot of people felt this way, that it could have stood alone as its own thing without being tied to the Batman lore. That would have been a good story either way, and probably a better movie. They they might not tie it to much more of Batman, you know? We, we don't know, again... This no, I'm saying it could have been yeah. a, just a good movie about some guy that was losing his mind. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to be have tied to Batman at all or the Joker. Yeah. You know? It was. I mean, great acting. But either way, a little bit on the it's, still, it's a cool movie. But I thought it felt to me more like a standalone book mm-hmm. where you get, you know, an offshoot, some writer's version of you know the joker's origins and it kind of plays into that whole joker lore too is like you don't ever actually get his origins so this is like a possible version and on top of that that movie's so american american psycho-esque in the way that you don't really know what's actually happening in his head and what's like really happening because it like reality and his crazy brain blend together and like create this movie, and that's the same thing in American Psycho. Yeah, I need to rewatch Joker. It's been a it's while. a deep movie. Like if you think about it in those ways, it's not. It's a good movie. I just didn't think it needed a sequel. I think it's fine, and it did its job on its own. Well, there are a billion ways a movie can die before it hits the screen. Fair enough. I'll see it. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but I'm like, I I don't see how you make a sequel to something like that. Well, it's the constant need for more media, more and more shows. And my worry more would and more be, episodes, more, more and more movies, spinoffs, add-ons. Well and, well, and my worry would be is that they would lean away from that. What made that movie good is that it wasn't too comic booky. It was like very real and like 
uh, more about his mental struggles than about like superheroes and shit. And then I would worry they would lean too heavy into the superhero shit. And that's like strange for me to say where this is the fucking comic zone, but I'm like, I felt like that was standout. No, you're on, on its own in the realm of comic book movies. That's what gave that movie its distinct edge. In it's that it's genre. something that stands off on its own. Like, and it's very good, but it's like off on its own. Like it did its own thing with the comic book story. And I thought that was great. So other things you wanted to check out, uh, new R, new VR game. Yeah, my uh, so this one's for my kids uh, and mostly my son Logan. He really loves the game Among Us, which is if I mean lots of kids play this game. It's pretty popular, has been for a while. But in 2022, um, along with Bone Lab, like I said, what was it last week? Yeah. Um. Well, oh, I had it pulled up here. Give me a second. Um. But. It's a VR version of the game, <clears throat> which is like, uh, if you haven't seen it, Bill, it's like, and I haven't played it really, but what my understanding like hazmat suits with like a, tele- yeah, they're in like, they're space, space in, you're in like a space station and randomly. <clears throat> so you'll queue in with a bunch of people and one person is the murderer as far as I can tell. And I, I'm, People are probably like rolling their fucking eyes right now, like, oh. but keep in mind I've never played this. But one person's the murderer. Everybody else has tasks they're supposed to go around and do, and the murderer has to sneak and kill somebody uh, without anybody like seeing them do it, mm-hmm. um, or being like suspected of it, and then so. Once somebody gets killed, it calls everybody back to this one room and everybody like kind of votes on who they think uh, the murderer was. Hmm. Uh, and then that person that and out. then that person gets booted out of the space station through the airlock. <laughs> it's from and so this is a pretty neat game like anyway, but like in VR, something like this will be like another level and i think that about uh vr i'm a big big fan of vr and i think it's gonna go nothing but up 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 and like especially as it becomes it's more gonna affordable, become accessible. yes with the quest 2 it's very affordable for everyone and it's very high quality too so it's not a piece of shit like it's actually very good What's the price point on that? Do you know? Uh, there's a three hundred dollar one and a four hundred dollar one, but and the only difference there is uh, memory. And space. you need an Xbox or something to pair that with, yeah, or a computer, or that's standalone. It's standalone. It, but you can use it with your computer. On top of that, so I mean, it's very affordable these days and really fucking cool. Cheaper than an Xbox and. I think just being old school and like growing up wishing we had VR like my whole life. Yeah. And then finally having it, it just blows my mind. Or having weak ass VR. Yeah. Like the Virtual Boy, which is something that like Nintendo put out that 
you know, they had out for a year and then pulled it, pulled it. You know what I mean? Because it was just, mm-hmm. they used that red, that infrared technology. Um, and it just was not good for your eyes. But the games look surprisingly good still. It's pretty nuts. I just remember weird things like at like uh, Nat Geo, um, not Nat Geo, Disneyland and stuff where they have uh, Epcot Center, all the kind of like 3D kind of things from the early mid 90s. Like mm-hmm. um, there's a Michael Jackson 3D one. Oh, know. like it. I got you. Well, I'm th- I was thinking like movie theaters with the blue and uh, red. It was the yeah. It was similar kind of. It was pretty weak. So check this shit out. I got a bottle of Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. This is a eight year whiskey. We tried it with uh, your buddy Matt uh, Matt Brown. Yep. Uh, on his birthday, what last week? This shit. I'm not even a big whiskey person, but like I tried this and I was like, oh my God. So you want some? Sure. Absolutely. It's, it's a, yeah, it said aged up to eight. It has a very mellow finish. We're, we're getting drinks here. So it smells like, fuck, you can smell like honey in it. And it's like the yeah. smoothest, <clears throat> smoothest whiskey I've ever had. So, cheer. oh, while you're doing that, here's the the thing I didn't want to tell you because oh, yeah, you, you wanted me to surprise. like. I wanted to take notes. Cheers, cheers, salute. Okay, so you know, last week I lost my comics off the top of my car. Oh yeah. Some sweet old lady hit me up, and I wish I... Well, I won't say her. Sweet but, old lady. <clears throat> sweet old lady. Found, found them uh, and took them to the post office, dropped them off in the box, messaged me, um, and told me she found it and where she, she dropped it at the movie or at the uh, post office, and I got them yesterday. Nice. Yep. And it was retrieved, recovered. It was uh, House of Slaughter, um, Spawn, and Something is Killing the Children, 23. Nice. I'm wondering why I didn't get Berserker or any of that, though. That, like, worries me a little because I was, like, so- Anyway, like, even if I don't have, like, every single issue of Berserker, which I kind of want to. They're easy to find. They print out so many of them. You're going to, unless you're. Yeah, I can order them. Unless you're looking for a very specific and rare cover. I think that's my favorite story that's out. Dude, it's really good. I'm I'm wondering when they're going to wrap up the storyline, because I want, I want to start it over from beginning and kind of binge the whole thing. Do the whole thing. It's. I think it's worth it, and I think it would be. You know, kind of once if you if you're not reading it now, when it comes out on trade paperback or graphic novel, it would be a great binge, binge worthy. Oh comic. yeah, oh yeah. That way you can get the full story and. and well, uh, I hope it's not short though, because 
Um, just it needs a, it needs a set it needs a resting point to pick off again. You know what it needs a, it needs some sort of resolution it's to whole pick thing, up again. Yeah, its whole thing is about him like trying to find out a way to die and like what and like as the reader you're wondering why he's like that obviously. Like they kind of tell you like they went into a cave and prayed to some gods or some shit. Yeah, that's how he got the mystic got that mystical the warrior, the berserker. Yeah. But like what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like it, And I'm a couple issues behind. I must be by now. Yeah. It's been a while since I got one, so I so must be a few behind. It it does if I remember correctly, it's been a little while um since I've read it, but there is a little bit more of a plot progression into kind of a deeper closer to death maybe with that i don't know you'll see it's you should let me borrow uh yeah. i can look at what i have and then you should let me borrow what let me, i don't yeah let me know what you're looking my my collection's kind of a mess right now from a bunch oh, of yeah. back orders that just all came in so so anyway that was my happy ending to that story that ended up pretty cool so it's awesome Special segment here on the Comic Zone podcast. Clint, host of the Casper Comic Con, is coming on the show to talk about this year's festivities, all the fun stuff to expect. It'll be at the Ford Wyoming Center, uh, June 25th and 26th this weekend. Brought to you by Reliant Federal Credit Union. Hey, Clint, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. One thing we've been doing, kind of asking everyone that comes on the show to create a super team of four so pick any four characters from any genre uh real fake they could be your dad they could be superman um so i've got one here uh that i kind of created just just for this so my idea and i'm I'm taking a little bit different spin for for you clint it could be any kind of super team for your own kind of fantastic four but what i did just for comic-con is i assembled my super team of a comic-con lineup and again No rules, so you, you will see as I go how crazy and zany this gets. So <laughs> my first one, which will be the most boring of the super team, would be Donnie Cates, just because I'm obsessed with him. Fair and enough. Then the next one would be a zombie Stanley. Because we can't bring him back, you know, so have a little bit more interesting and cause more trouble. So we need like a zombie. Like a what if, okay. Yeah. And then the next one would be an actual gray alien. So we could actually get some insight from the true extraterrestrials about what's going on. Okay. And then my favorite would be Leonard Nimoy beaming down from the sky with full angel wings and halo to round up the Comic-Con. <laughs> good times. Good times. Again, none of those are probably ever going to happen except for maybe Donny Gates, but hey. You just never know in this world anymore. That's right. So would you, uh, who would be your super team? It wouldn't have to be for a comic con. This is for your own, whatever. Who would you, would you, you have any kind of favorites you'd like to pick? Oh, for, um, Lobo has always been one of my reasons I got into comic books. So I'd have to say Lobo and Punisher both because those are the two key figures when I was growing up that like really got me kicked back into comic books. Yeah. So there's two right there. Um, probably Boba Fett. You know, nice. I mean, not just like the fanboy type of thing, but I mean, I was, you know, when I was in this movie theater back in 1980, 1983, you know, for Empire and Jedi, 
it's like this dude's just awesome you know he didn't say anything but he still had the reputation yeah. so it's just like yeah that's cool yeah and my last one would probably be a werewolf version of casey jones <laughs> that would be awesome that would be just killer right there yeah that that is one bad boy team lineup right there for sure so well comic-con's coming up this weekend june 25th and 26th um we're yes. excited you, you excited or are you still kind of in the pre-game chaos of getting things together i i'll be excited and i'll be relaxed on sunday afternoon or i'm sorry saturday afternoon once it's all pretty much the first day is kind of going and going and going that way you know i'm there it's ready to go i don't have to worry about anything else everybody's there to set up and mm -hmm. all my vendors are there and it's just all it's a go you know yeah. i just once that day's going then i can actually just chill relax and have a little bit of fun with it i hear you there we uh, my day job is at town square and we put on events so i i know what that's like it's once you're once you start coasting once you get it down the hill you can finally you know just relax and enjoy um, that's exactly it so for someone who's never been to uh, Comic-Con, what's what will they expect? It's hard to say. I mean, um, a lot of people, I've never been to a Comic-Con until my first one. And it's so like you, you go in expecting all these other, you know, like, oh, my God, you're going to, you know, find somebody that you've never seen before or, you know, stuff like this. But mine are more just kind of the chill, laid-back Comic-Con versions, I guess you could say. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's more to have fun. You'll see a couple celebrities here and there. You're going to find, like um, – comic books that you've wanted always you know toys artists just it's basic but it's fun if that makes any sense absolutely i know personally i'm on the search for always spider-man and lego okay so i know you got uh sam de la, de la rock did i say that right uh sam de la rosa de la rosa i always want to get like zach de la roche from rage against the machine confused but yeah so so i know i got some spider-man and some venom things going on so, so i'm really excited about that what uh what are some other exciting people or events that are kind of happening at the con well we have sam de la rosa from venom and he has also done a lot more stuff before venom i mean he did predator he did black panther i mean he's been in the artist for years and years and years um, then if you like Star Wars, which I think almost everybody does, I have C. Andrew Nelson, who played Darth Vader in when they did the special edition movies in 97, 99, whatever that year was. Mm -hmm. He played all of the Darth, uh, the Darth Vader scenes when they re-edited it, and he's basically that one right there. So, I mean, he's got a lot of hits for him. And then I've got the only living tuscan raiders in person of alan fernandez from the original 1977 new hope movie he was the one that was up on the bantha mm -hmm. the uh he's a uh was that oh, elephant he trained elephants for a while in the circus yeah and the and the bantha and so, was an elephant was that was it i read is that correct or no yeah it was an elephant that they just put um the basically they put up a bunch of makeup and you know a tire on it and created a uh, a bantha nice and you how long have you been doing comic cons and you do them more than just in casper correct yes i uh i started i went to san diego back uh, 10 years ago 12 years ago or so mm -hmm. and when i got back i was just bored and i was like well hell, i'm just gonna start one of myself yeah. And so I started doing one here in Colorado Springs and it just 
you know, skyrocketed. And then I did one in my hometown of Salina, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And that one brought some other people to talk to me about doing shows in other cities. And so it's now I'm up to uh, six states and about seven to nine shows a year right now. And I'm going to be adding a couple more events in the next year. Nice. And did has COVID kind of lifted up and made things easier now, or is there still kind of a COVID hangover as far as events go? Well, the first year, uh, 2020, I mean, I didn't, I had to close one show out of all of mine down because of COVID and the other ones, COVID kicked my butt on those shows. The numbers were down by almost 70% on some of them. Um, They're starting to pick back up a little bit. Last year, they picked up quite a bit more. I'm just hoping this year and next year, it just gets back into the norm where people are, you know, they're not afraid to go out. They're more, you know, like kind of just let's get back to normal. Let's have some fun and let's just live our lives. No, I agree. Uh, another cool thing is the, the cosplay competition. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Or if somebody wants to enter, what do they need to do to participate? Well, that one's very simple. Um, it's, uh, it's all being the prize money, the sponsorships and everything. I'm going to give them real quick is little shop of burgers Foggit cards and games and then oil city X and their tattoo company as well. And it's a thousand dollar purse prize on Saturday for the adult contest. And that starts at four o'clock on Saturday. There's also a kid's contest that starts at three o'clock on Sunday. So each day has one costume contest um, to register. There's no pre-registration needed. It's just going to basically become as you are. If you want to go and head and get part of be part of the contest you're in there's nothing you need to fill out as long as you're in costume and you want to walk across the stage introduce yourself talk to the judges you're golden easy peasy i like it very much so so uh also kind of curious about some of the the other vendors that'll be there got any spoilers or teasers you can tell us about there as far as um yeah the, the entire vendor list right now is on the ford wyoming center's website under the Casper Comic Con, um, just the info tab bar. Mm-hmm. I've got probably, I don't know, 50, 60 vendors lined up right now. I'm expecting probably another eight or 10 more because you always give a few people that want to wait till the last minute. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's good. We have a lot of comic vendors. I've got several artists. I've got just um, a couple of cosplayers that are coming in from local and, um, oh, I think Arizona. Yeah, AZ Power Girl, that's have, a big one. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be some good stuff going on. Um, basically, there's a lot of toy vendors. It's basically going to be a good mix of anything comic or toy or art-related stuff that you want. You're going to probably find it there or pretty close to. Nice. So kind of more on the philosophical kind of, kind of side of things, uh, what do you – I have my own opinions here, but I wanted to ask you what role does a Comic-Con play as far as like nerd culture and, and why, why do you think it's important? It just relaxes people anymore. Um, they almost San Diego Comic-Con is always going to be the big dog. We all know that, but I mean, stuff like big bang theory and everything. And it's more the norm nowadays you mm-hmm. had, when I was growing up, people were called to be insulting 
they were being called nerds and dorks and geeks and all this other stuff. But now yeah. it's almost like a compliment. It's a it's a badge of courage, you know. Exactly. It's like now you know the the ones that are getting ridiculed or the jocks or whatever you want to call them. And it's just like, really? I mean, it's, it's completely turned the tables. That's, that's so true. So looking back at some of the other comic cons that you've done Casper or other, what are some of your favorite moments? Kind of like a best of real. It's pretty simple. My favorite part. I mean, I work at a great school here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And just seeing some of the kids come in, just excited to be like showing, you know, mom and dad, hey, this is what this is or whatnot. It's just the having the fun of it all. I mean, you can talk to all the celebrities you want. You can talk to anything you want to do. You can do whatever you want. But when you see those kids and they come out for the costume contests and they're just excited about stuff, because that's the future generation. I mean, if those kids aren't into what we're doing now, we're not going to have comic cons in 10, 15 years. That's right. Yeah. And it's just, that's the way I've always done it. That's, that's great. Now. So for, as a grown up kid, I always like the reason, you know, the attraction of the comics is because it does remind me of when I was that, that young age. And that, Oh, definitely. Definitely. Know, so it, that's, that's a great, great image that you just kind of put in my head, all those little happy, happy, nerdy, future nerdy kids. Oh, dang. I mean, I've, I've had the Peter Pan syndrome for years. <laughs> and that blood's flowing through me left and right, and I have no problem with it. I think working at a grade school and hosting Comic Cons and everything just keeps me younger than I should be. And I just, I enjoy it. You know, I just, if I didn't have that, who knows? I mean, it's just, I like what I do and I'm having fun with it well that's so great and uh, we're excited to be there this weekend um any other things that our listeners should know about the comic-con um head sponsor i want to give them it's um reliant federal credit union as far as anything else people are just going to come in i keep my prices cheaper than a lot of the other bigger cons so that way we have more people come in and you if you're if you go to a movie say you go to a movie and it really sucks you're out you know twelve dollars in a couple hours Mm -hmm. but if you like the movie it's worth that twelve dollars and that's how i kind of run the cons you know i mean if it comes in and you don't find the things you're looking for well you're only at a few dollars you're not out 40 or 50 Mm dollars and all these hours of time you're only at a few bucks and it's like well next year might have something you want you just never know but I try to keep it. That's why I keep my eclectic, I guess you could say, as far as vendors go, because, you know, you have many, many, many different vendors from many different states that are going to bring a lot of different things and just show it off. Tell me, uh, what do you get with the VIP pass versus a, a normal day pass to the Casper Comic Con? Uh, Reliance giving them a, a notarized bag, I guess you could say. It has like a, the logo and stuff like this on it, like a swag bag type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a voucher. There's a couple of vouchers for like food and uh, the ax throwing is going to be there. So there's a voucher for ax throwing. And then there's also a limited edition uh, Comic-Con print that we have in them. Cool. And it's, um, I haven't announced it to the public yet or anything like that. It's, uh, oh, it's kind of like if you like dogs playing poker, you're going to love this print. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Nice. And I have a friend of mine that's an artist that did it all digitally and he got it done and he's going to be there as well, selling the prints as well. So if you want to print, it'll just have a different border on it. 
So it'll be good to go. That's cool. Was there a tattoo tattooing there? I heard that happen one year. Yes, tattoos are going to be there as well. Oil City as well as um, I can't remember her name offhand. They run Oil City tax tattoos and also their Oil City extras. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be there. Nice. And you can get tattoos at the event as well. So I might do some ink therapy too. <laughs> I haven't. I don't have any tattoos, but my uh, partner in crime, Mike, does. I've got a few, and I'm thinking about just like either highlighting one of them or just adding to the adding to the cause. Well, thanks again so much for coming to on the podcast. We appreciate your time here, and we look forward to meeting you in person this weekend. Well, I'll see you this weekend. You take care, and I'll see you then. So there's so much streaming options and out there right now. What what are you watching these days? What's on the top of your your personal queue as far as streaming? Uh, Obi Wan, um, that's wrapping up here soon. Um, the boys been watching the boys. I mean, I've been catching up on them. I'm still in season two, but well, that's a good show, man. Um, you know. I started watching, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about here is like, there's so much shit out there that I have a hard time keeping track of what I want to watch. And then I find myself forgetting about things and then there's, you know, and so many different networks or, I mean, I want to call them a network, but Hulu or Netflix. Well, it might as well be a network these days. It's basically cable again. It's the exact same. It's the 80s cable wars again, but now instead of on television and broadcast, it's online and the streaming. Um, Not to mention, you know, ones that are free that you just get the ads for, you know, and, you know, something more like a, like a YouTube and pay like a, you know, at it, buying a program like um, one of the ones that, that was very popular this year. Uh, so there's a Nielsen ratings uh, publication that came out that talked about, it's called state of the play and Nielsen, they do surveys about media. So working in broadcast uh, we have, we are rated as far as broadcast and one of the people, how they do that is they take surveys and they take lots and lots of surveys all across the country about what meet people's media habits are. And then they publish documents on there for broadcast. We use those ratings to determine how much to sell advertising for. So in a broadcast radio world, we look for usually called cum or cumulative numbers that basically represent how much of the market share you own or how much, how many people listen to you. Cause with broadcast, there's no real numbers. It's, it's all really a guess. You can't tell you how many people are listening because it's just how many people are tuned in versus internet. Now it's a, it's a number, it's an IP address. Everything can be tracked and traced. So that's is what they were designed for. Now this survey is looking at what people are streaming and that's where the stat that we started off the show about that last year, 15 million years worth of streaming video was watched by America alone in one year in one year. So this is all COVID too. keep in mind. So that's definitely kind of wrapping up and, and in response, the market, as far as all these different uh, kind of networks or streaming providers are ramping out a lot 
more content. And since I think it said, um, basically in like a three month period and for where we are in, and according to where it ended in February. So it's still, this is still a few months old. There was like a 30% increase in the amount of new titles that came out. It's a lot. So that is, it does seem like so much shit. It does seem like so much shit is out right now. You're Mm -hmm. just like, fuck dude. And, and like, what do I even, I don't know. And I lately just, prefer to sit around and listen to music for the most part like i have a hard time like sitting down and watching shows because i'm like i'm kind of over watching shows at this point like you know what i mean we went through two years of covid watching nothing but tv fucking it's just like i want to do other stuff and like even if it's just sitting and listening to music or you know what i mean yeah like doing the podcast like but I got to keep caught up on some things, uh, especially, you know, stuff like Obi-Wan. And that's not something I don't want to keep up on, but I don't find myself like jonesing to watch the next one. As much. Some of them I do, some of them I don't. I think, and also just the overwhelming. I think even just like with all the Marvel shows, trying to kind of keep up with what everything is coming is, is very overwhelming. Um, and, and other things that I kind of wonder, are they losing quality with as much as they're producing? We've kind of talked about this before, um, you know, kind of, is this part of COVID or is this just too much, too much on their plate? You know, we were talking about like Dr. Uh, Multiverse of Madness. Some of it effects were cool and some of it felt like a little cheap. Mm. I, I can, you know, where I was, I was thinking about that. And, um, I think there's a line in the sand for me, as far as a television show, I think I can give a little bit more leeway or, or like television, you know, a, a series, um, because they have more. And I think I expect a more, a, a quicker turnaround as far as the movie though. I have let, I more critical. I can, follow that line of thinking to at the very least but at this point these shows are practically movies in themselves and so to like say that you give it like i get the like and i agree with that to some point like i can forgive it and be like just enjoy it for what it is like i didn't even notice the she hulk um what everybody was talking about didn't either uh, during the trailer, I watched it on a mobile phone too. Granted, me too. But we watched it together. But I didn't. I didn't notice it either. I didn't think it looked that bad. I thought Moon Knight, his costume drove me fucking crazy. It was a little cheese. It, it was. Like, it it did, did not need to be CGI. Why did it? Yeah, really. Nothing about that needed to be. I mean, that you could have added like cgi to that accented it with cgi but the whole costume i just did not like that especially since the stevens costume wasn't cgi yeah that bothered me i did notice some of the kind of lesser cgi in dr strange but it was so quick to me it didn't bother me I think but, I, it bothered me the more I thought back about it. Uh, some of it was just, and really it becomes like comparing a it to thing. the first one, just because I had such high expect, mm. just the, the visual expects, 
effects of that first Doctor Strange were so epic, so surreal. I I love every molecule of it. Um, it was a good movie. So, and then this, I understand it, but you know, it's you know, just like a comic book. You get the cover, and inside, it's really not about that. You know, uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine, the new one. This is a perfect example. The last two books, it says Spider Man on the cover with Winter Soldier. It's not. It's a Winter Soldier story. You know, I felt with Spider Man on like page one, and then so I'm I'm getting into the weeds about something else. But <laughs> when like Doctor Strange. It was it was a Wanda movie and and Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm well, sorry, American the, American Chavez. That's sorry. what uh, that's what these movies are turning into, though. They're, uh, like you say, like it's the first Iron Man. Like I said before, you weren't looking for any other characters in the background. Maybe you were hoping for War Machine, but that ties into Iron Man. Like you know what I mean. I mean, you were t- we were totally wanting War Machine. But other than that, you weren't looking for Spider-Man. You weren't looking for any other characters. You were looking for Iron Man. Yep. Now they're like we they're doing the multiverse thing. They got to have keep they got to keep this at a higher level now to keep people interested or at least they feel that way. I don't think it has to be that way at all. I think it's really about great writing. I think great writing and great st- and, and what I mean by that specifically is storytelling um, that tells something that I've said this kind of uh, before that kind of transcends just the screen into into real life, real, real emotions that that are relatable that you can feel. You're not just watching that character. You are that character in that moment. You've related. You've kind of broken through that. Mm-hmm. reality and, and into this fictional place and having those moments you know and that that ability to tell those stories at that level it doesn't matter everything else will is icing on the cake um, and i think that's you know why we fell in love with you know the end game and all of the the, the marvel movies is because that's what it did it may not every character at every moment but there were those Mm-hmm. That very, it's like you. Maybe weren't. that's the thing. Is like we're getting away from all the. They're like it, it was all origin stories before. Now we're like, having to hash out new ground and like. And I think they have to just by because of the necessity of of reality in that, actors age and get old, mm-hmm. and even you know. Doctor Strange is looking a little old, especially on some of those like red carpet shows. Uh, or pictures that works for his character though. It, it it does but it won't for uh, it might not work for him you know it's a very fickle industry as far as looks go so they really need that young blood in so they have to start over in a lot of ways and i think that's well, what's that, frustrating mm-hmm. that's about it. that happened like the uh what do you call that in comics when they kind of restart everything what is it called again um, re, oh, fuck. Reva- I don't know. There's a lot of depending. Well, either way, you know what I'm talking about. They did it with the new 52, and uh, it's like when they restart everything. What the fuck is that called? It's like 
like Earth six one six versus no, or that's that's multiverse. No, more like uh, DC they just, does it a lot, right? Is that where? Yeah, you... they just restart everything and retell everything in a modern store in a modern era. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what they did. Anyway, they're they're gonna have to do that. Have you thought like about that? Like, when is the time when we see Iron Man redone again? And it's like, uh, you know what I mean? You know how that happens in so, cycles. I I would hope that they that they take a different approach from the comics mm. as far as, um. So so, what I really hope instead of just retelling the same old story they just give it to another character they you know instead of iron man it's a new iron man you know maybe a female character or just like what they did with like somebody Captain else in america and somebody else Falcon, take, yeah somebody taking else that taking mantle. up the mantle you know i think that's that worked really well healthy and it, it they're able to kind of tell that story in a different way the same character without being super soldier serum again speaking of like quality of shows and good writing as opposed to like lackluster the falcon and winter soldier show compared to let's say moon knight in comparison in my opinion that was so much better writing we had Maybe part of that is like the emotional attachment to the characters that we already knew. There might be a little of that. Um, and, and the thing they were able to kind to of pick see, up on that same momentum. And to see Sam transcend and become something greater. Yeah. Um, and become Captain America. And not just Captain America, but his own version of Captain America. That was a very intense show and very well written. Like every part of that was... Of really really good and the bad guys were relatable their cause there you yeah. could understand why why they did what they did and there's a yeah, lot of hard different to, it's hard to see who you agree with and many different kind of facets and different angles as far you know and uh, uh and, and a guy who ended up being u.s u.s agent right mm-hmm. um and John, kind of getting that that story in there too and th- those different conflicts and mm-hmm you know, the testing of a hero, what is hero, what is anti-hero villain, and these different And levels. that's what makes a good story is those subtle things. It's like I was talking about with Joker. It's like those subtle things about that movie make it very good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that. Uh, so in, it was the subtle things, like those little, those, them, yeah, showing John and his struggle with, trying to be like a good person deep down right yeah like he was a a good person trying to be uh his what trying to do what sam ended up doing yeah but the power ended up fucking with his head and he fell to the same pitfalls that i think most people would in his position there's a gnat flying around my head. I'm like batting yeah. around like a crazy yeah, you're person. Weird me out. With like, what are you doing, man? But he he felt <clears throat> so. It showed that Sam was exceptional. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, not everyone can be Captain America. Yeah, it's like only Sam could, and he had to see that and figure it out. He's like, I can't. 
like nobody else can do this but me and it was given to me for a reason and then so yeah just like those subtle things and then i think that just made for a way better show uh moon knight pretty straightforward you know not no new ground broken there it wasn't uh so, so my point is the like comics sim- were so much better i hate dude I, the comics are amazing i mean even some of the even the ones that i read there's so much i read some of the jeff lemire ones i wish i could uh, remember what the issues were but again it kind of had that surreal aspect of that ba- he was insane and it was the kind of the bouncing back and forth and it mm-hmm. it was very well orchestrated like i don't hate the moon knight show but I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. The Kenoshu. Conchu. Conchu. Uh, was really visually appealing. Cool. No, yeah, it was and awesome. It started off really strong and it kind of stalled and then had a couple of good moments. But I don't know. Yeah, it didn't have that wow consistently. Yeah, I wasn't blown away by it. First episode blew me away. Second uh, one. There were. Okay. Maybe I'm being too harsh because, like, a couple of those episodes, I was pretty blown away. The death one where he was yeah, in when the he's asylum, in, asylum. Even the one after that. Those last three episodes were really stellar. So maybe I'm being too harsh. It was just no, the, yes the, no. the aesthetic of it, his costume. I hated it. Yeah. But other than that, good show. Um, we'll see about She-Hulk. I think that'll be fun too dude i think that'll be a really fun show and then it's one of those you even the character itself it's supposed to be a little bit light-hearted and joked at itself it's not supposed to be taken 100 percent seriously yeah but moon knight is yeah well it, That's or, the, or the insanity part yeah mm-hmm. but it's not a i i thought it was a good show and what do you think of obi-wan so far so Kind of going back to how we're talking about kind of quality, quantity, and quality kind of issues. Um, I, I want to make a comparison to the three kind of series shows of uh, Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Book of Boba, and Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. From I think a s- cinematic standpoint, their productions look very cheap, frugal. Cut down, bare minimum, sound stages. We are seeing a lot of the same sets repurposed and redesigned to look different and to appeal to many different things. So I'm, I, I think that's very smart. Um, but what set them apart, you know, like the Mandalorian really got it, but that's the baby Yoda. Well, there was a well, lot. No, not because, do. not just because of Baby Yoda. No, but that, that was a good show. Just there was a lot of good aspects, but that drove it over the top. That gave it markability. That gave it sellability. That gave it products to sell. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that's bad. Don't get me wrong. Is but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about quality of show. So like in, in the the writing and the aesthetic. So back of to the Mandalorian. Obi- so back th- back to Obi Wan. Now, I haven't seen the latest one. I've only seen the latest couple, actually. Now, uh, I've only seen the first three. Um, That's all I've seen, too. Yeah. So, it's got my attention. It's good. Um, the third episode was really good at the end there. 
I just don't like how Obi-Wan's like running away, but I get like why he would be if he hasn't used the force in 10 years. Again, that's a, but, that's a typical plot maneuver. The very yeah. important aspect of a hero's trial story is the denial of self and the denial of mm-hmm. that conflict and that running away. You know, Luke in the very beginning of the uh, chronologically first Star Wars, uh, it's a new hope, um, denied kind of his, no, I'm not doing this. I've got to stay home. I've got a farm. We've got, you know, the harvest is soon or, or whatever. Mm. So he, he, there's, there's always that thing. And then he had a point where of no return where he couldn't, and he had to go forward with the trial and going down into and facing the abyss and, and, you know, the yeah. continuation of the hero's story. And I think so, that's what, and that's what we're starting to see here and there. Uh, so far at issue three, I feel it's stalling and a little bit slow, but I'm still watching them. Well, and then Sean was in the <clears throat> comments on the group today. God, I keep clearing my throat. I'm sorry, but so yeah, he was um, raving so he was about, in raving about he, he was five. in there and he said the fifth episode was just amazing. So we'll see, but. He did mention wanting to do an episode on that, like a wrap-up episode on Obi-Wan, so maybe after... So that'll be coming soon. Yeah, after Comic-Con, we'll do that one, because, of course, we got to have our boy on the shit. Shout out to DJ Nike. So, kind of slight change. As far as how many different streaming platforms you subscribe to? Uh, one ESPN plus, and then I use all my mom shit. <laughs> <laughs> I subscribe to too many, but it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of them. I have. Okay. Let's run them down. I have, of course, Netflix, Hulu, Disney plus HBO max, yep. Amazon prime. All the same so far. Uh, like I said, uh, ESPN plus don't have that one. Um, You have the Paramount add-on. Oh, uh, yep. So we got that one. I want to get maybe, the stars. I want to get the stars add-on just so I can. But okay, binge, so uh, as uh, as American I count Adams. them on my fingers, that's seven seven streaming services that I just use. That's like what I use. So and that doesn't and even I'm, count YouTube. Well, yeah, and then Anything so else. you have YouTube, and then but are we? I count? think let's not worry about those. I think we think about the. I, mean, I still TV count. Ones. So I mean. I, th- th- YouTube and like people like podcast, like, well, not say podcasts, but like YouTube, I would say is a legitimate streaming service because my kids watch YouTube videos like I used to watch cartoons. It's true. So, yeah, we will say YouTube, but you don't pay for that one. So it doesn't really count. Do you ever buy shows like through iTunes store or like I have on YouTube? Oh, you have on YouTube. But come to find out, um, you can only get like 1080 on that. Um, so the only one we that's did not was... like terrible, but with 4K becoming super prominent very soon, like it's going to be the standard here eventually. So what we so need to, like... what the industry needs to happen, and also going back to this Nielsen survey the survey people agree is that we need something that can bundle all of these services into one app. Mm. And I think Amazon has the biggest leg forward and is giving the people what they want there. 
lump them together how what do you mean so you, you as far you log into amazon prime video and every and then you can add on paramount you can add on everything into one app so you so don't have you to you don't have the... to bounce from netflix to hulu to prime to hbo oh, oh, okay okay i see so, so you would have so you would have the to... one you would have the one interface and then you would have like you'd scroll down and you know how they have like the side scrolling bars on everything yeah. these days so like go down hulu shows some of the shows that are available there next one down is that what you're talking about i mean how it displays and yes, then you that... can like grab it from like you can watch it right there or jump into just the hulu library yeah so there's different so yeah there's it needs a, be, a better interface for everything the problem is just like in the 80s cable wars they're getting these companies that all want to have their claim to be front and centered and they want to be the most important, getting them all to cooperate. Yeah, it's never going to get away from that whole... We thought when we got Netflix and stuff that... Once they've proved that Netflix could make money, everybody want, wanted in. And Hulu was not and, long, and, short... Long, uh, which one? It was Netflix first and then... Because I remember you could get Netflix... DVDs and DVDs and the mail. So I learned about Netflix when they first went IPO. So their initial public offering. So when their stock went on the market, that's when I learned about this company. And we had the CEO on the radio show Mm -hmm. talking about it. So that, that was my introduction to Netflix and when you could just get them in the mail. So that was mine too. I remember Gamefly too. Yeah, that took forever and a day to get the turnaround. So I I never it. did it. My brother did it all the time, but he's unless you paid for like having three, and I could always keep one going. You know, one in flight. My brother, how's that fucking whiskey, huh? It's good. It's good shit. You good over there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's so fucking good. If you haven't tried it, Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. It's an eight-year man. This shit's amazing. Sorry, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, there's just the abundances of choices, and it's not going to stop. And COVID proved that people it will is the new new. Yeah, people will. But here's the thing: is people's preferences change quickly. If you haven't noticed, yes, they. Can. So like, once people figure out that they're sick of watching shows all the time like all this could drop off like really quick you know that i think they're gonna be quick to adapt 15 million years or whatever it was was that it 15 million years worth of streaming right so that's gonna drop in the year this year i bet you there's nowhere near that many people or that much streaming happening no way probably not just because of just because of the time off with COVID, I think that that's really, totally a COVID thing. I'd like to see the numbers before that. You know what I mean? Like 2019, 2018. Like, lot, I like I wonder. One of the problems is they stop. It's when people finding somebody that there's another company that does does that. Um, I'm gonna have to dig deep and kind of find that information at another time, but. Yeah, maybe we can they do that it. and even break down by which in this survey did by which device to listen to. So when you do you ever when you're watching, let's go just to television and kind of the shows, because that seems to be what we like to talk about as far as like the nerdy shit. When you're streaming a show, Obi-Wan, 
Are you where are you watching that? Are you watching that on a phone, uh, on a tablet? I never watch. I hate watching shows on. No, on, on I a never. Phone. No, I don't watch shows on phones. YouTube, I'd, yeah. But I've watched shows on my tablet before, but that was when I was like in a hotel room. You same or traveling? Um, but then I can I can just take my Roku with me and like yeah, why not watch well, yeah. all my shit? Like so, usually on my TV or on my buddy's TV at his house. Like we watch some of these shows together. But usually, if I'm watching TV, it's sitting in my bed, uh, in my bedroom watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're usually on the couch watching it on a projector TV. So that's usually how we. We roll. So, like, what was your question, though? Just how many different devices you watch stream media on. And uh, Okay, so it. there's another one. I watch TV at my computer when I'm using it because I, I run two screens. So I usually have uh, a documentary or, um, like, a fight on or, you know what I mean? Yeah. On the other screen and then on the main screen I'm playing a game or whatever. So so going back to like how many different services you spent uh you know subscribe to the Nielsen sub- survey that most Americans are spending so 21% the majority are spending 20 to 30 dollars a month on each one? Uh total. No. Their total month Monthly spend on video streaming service. Okay, you know why that this is. This is twenty one percent. So this is this is like the Netflix, the Hulu, and the you know all the ones that you we. You know why that is though? It's because most people aren't paying. They're piggybacking off of somebody else's shit. So it's true. So, but it's it's still twenty one percent, and I'm, I we don't share too many. I probably fall into that back. because I'm only paying for uh, Fight Pass, and. Um, ESPN plus the rest I'm using my mom's 15% of people spend $50 or more 17% spend 30 to 49. Um, so there's not that big of a jump from the $20 group to the $30 group uh, as far as percentage. So I bet you're seeing, yeah, that's a lot of the password share people. Mm-hmm. 15% are around 15 to $20. Same thing around really 20, 10 to 15. Um, so, but yeah, it would be interesting a true breakdown of if everyone actually, how many different services are you using versus that? Yeah. That's a better question is like, how many which, you're going to pay, which ones are you using? Not how much you paying. They may not want to ask that question because they don't probably believe people would answer them. I don't know. That's the skeptic. In well, me, is, if you ask a general, like how many, streaming services do you use that's it you know what i mean how many are on your device or whatever that you use and most Uh, people for oh i bet the number would be around eight so as far as audio streaming um i i'm which kind of product do you use i use spotify so i'm sorry i'm I'm sorry like a device do you use a tv your iphone my phone agree and 80 percent of the people use their iphone or my or my uh google home thing that's the next category smart speakers 41 percent or smart tv um computer is at 39 percent all around that my same computer i use okay that that's what it would be if in order if you went like 
most used to least, mm-hmm. and they're all pretty close. So I would go phone, Google Home, um, and then computer. Yep. So you're as far as like audio. You're an average American. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, your phone's always it makes sense. It is and like, but half the time I'm using my phone and my Google Home because I will connect my phone Bluetooth to the Google Home and play shit that I. That's the next category on there at thirty-seven percent internet connected device or, yeah, mm-hmm. like an iPhone. Well, that would be like a general, like uh, your Xbox or. But they're all right on the same. The, so, the so lowest like a, a Wi-Fi connected like, device. The, is that what you mean? The lowest is a car system connected at twenty four percent. Yeah, but even if that's you're... see, is that seems odd to me is because as far as a radio well, you're traditional your... radio streaming audio, well, maybe that's just saying that hey, AM and FM are still in. Business. Well, most people are probably connecting their phone to their car. That's what this is. Connected cars, or maybe connected. You're saying like a a device that's in the car that streams music. It doesn't say. Alcohol. That's a good question. That's a good breakdown. That'd be like a Tesla. You could fucking something that has a smart car feature mm-hmm. built into that has car Apple Play, yep. CarPlay. Where you're not connecting your phone. It's already or, there. Yep. Just because that's the availability of that specific technology. Mm-hmm. So I mean the. the the interesting thing about this survey, this these are the experts in the industry, and they're saying stuff that's all fairly kind of obvious. Well, it's just, uh, I don't know if it's obvious, but it just matches up to what makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about it, like you say, like I said, you have your phone on you all the time. It's no wonder you would stream music off of that the most. And then when you're at home which is a smaller percentage percentage of your time because you're working or whatever, then you would, hey, Google, fucking play whatever. Do not do that phone. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Say maybe. So like you're fucking cooking dinner and you play some music. But then like, and that's the way it works. Is like I'm playing podcasts on my phone or a book or whatever all day uh, while I'm working. Then I get home, I'm cooking, I'm picking up the house a little bit, I play some shit on the on that. And then when I'm done cooking, I go to my computer and eat dinner and then I'm like listening or playing something there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rough rough. Rough rough. But so it's it's not so much obvious stuff, but it just matches up with what makes sense. Yeah. So it's not surprising, but I wouldn't say, you know what I mean? I would say it's not surprising. The data matches up with what, matches, what you would expect. It matches with the experience. I mean, I I say it's obvious because in kind of preparing for this podcast, I'm, I was always on the search of, all right, what's coming out next? What's up next? And just this overwhelming mm-hmm. flood of everything. Yeah, and it's hard to keep track and like figure out what you want to... It's like, dude, I can't watch all these shows. And I'm sure they're all great. Like, you know, Stranger Things. We got fucking The Boys. We got fucking just everything out. Company, like constant, constant, constant wave of new shit, which well, is cool. But it's like overload. 
we're getting a flood. I think I think a lot of it is I think or I wonder if is COVID just put a pause in so much production and then when and that it's started like, to oh, the valve, floodgates are open and then now the flood is actually getting there it's like hey I want money too. You know, I bet a lot of people had money to spend well, and you know, and not only that, that but nobody's been making as much money as they, you know, it's like okay, it's time. <laughs> Yeah. Like you said, floodgates open. And they're like, we and, want to share. We want a piece of this. It's like, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, it's going to scare people. And not only that, like I said, people are tired of sitting and watching TV. Like that's just the bottom line. Like I'm sure there's know. still people that want to watch their shows. I don't. But for me, like I, I'm a big fan of like cool shows, but I find myself wanting to just. Go do other things. I'm tired of sitting and watching shows. There's always a time when I enjoy watching TV. That'll never kind of go away for me, I don't think. So do I, I have phases, and I think, you know, the past few years probably watched a bit more than I have, but I don't think all in all my daily habits are going to change that much. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is just kind of, you know, it's, you know, what, you know, Beth, my wife and I, do a lot of the time as far as you know hanging out together and watching some shows that we like to you know enjoy mm-hmm. like odd ones that are not comic ones which i would re- recommend would be like this is us the, well and see that's the thing is like i enjoy watching stuff with some like with someone and at home that i don't you know i'm not currently with anyone so it's like so the other weird thing is having your um we've always shared the same profile for streaming we've never had our own individual profiles as far as but we were talking with somebody with sean who's kind of had you know because our relationship kind of predated most streaming services so it's always just been that's that was never an option so we never did that so now kind of in more in younger kids you know, couples, they each have their own profiles to watch or kids even. I think it makes more sense with kids mm. than, you know, but, you know, mom has hers, dad has hers, and, you know, each kid has their own profile too. I don't fuck around with that, really. I just, we just use, like me and my kids, if they want to watch something, they just use my shit. Like, I don't get, like, it, might, it drives my sister nuts, but I don't even have a profile on the Hulu account, and I'll just use hers and be flooding her shit with all like what i'm watching <laughs> i don't know if it the only like, thing is weird is if you're watching the same show and you get out of sequence so you're like all right i don't remember what episode i was on and then that's such a problem for me is like i forget that's the thing about the over like too much it's like i watch a show i'm watching another show and then i forget about that show and then it's like i can't See, it's a it, there's a war to keep America's keep your attention, attention. Mm. and you know, and is and I know this from a fact as far as just you know a day job working at radio or you know really a media company writing stories and just staying in front of the public as far as just we're one of the largest corporate radio stations in America, up there with kind of Clear Channel and some of those bigger ones as far as the number of stations mm. we own and seeing how always changing its approach to how to get people's attention. So, so that's why I'm not worried about someone like a Netflix and a Hulu and these other ones, because they are constantly adapting their change. 
uh, or uh, changing to to the approach and what they're what they're producing. Uh, so I don't think they're going to go away. And as long as, as long as they're making money or some money, um, you know, what I'm interesting to see as far as, you know, all the Marvel is what with Disney, you know, kind of going back to the quantity or quality of, of, of their programming. I'm not worried. I think that they'll adapt to survive. So, so what do you see in the future for all this? Like, do you think it's going to turn out to be, I mean, we're basically in like cable so, right now, right? Bottom so, like, line, they'll, the winners will keep winning. They'll double down on what wins, what works, what makes them money will continue to come out. You know, just like as, as we see, um, like in the, you know, how it was nineties with reality TV shows, that became an affordable trend to really churn out content that was popular. It didn't cost a lot of money, didn't cost writers, so it was cheap, mm-hmm. well, easy it's, to produce. So, so whatever it's kind of like the, the podcast. It's kind of like the podcast, in that sense, is like, yeah, we've put money into like what we have, but you don't have to put as much money as we have into equipment to do a podcast. Like, no. Like you could totally grab a couple hundred dollar microphones. Which All you are, would need is your iPhone. Uh, well, yeah, if you really or, or a smartphone. Period. Yep. If it's just you know you don't need much to get your voice out, and mm-hmm. I think the people, you know, I always think of you know like the people that need the like I going think, back to expensive guitars or needing the very best and as far as most expensive equipment. And then you see this guy going viral with mm-hmm. you know that's I don't know in a very impoverished nation that's made his own instrument and sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Like think of like early eighties of like the like kids uh, drumming on, on uh, buckets, you know, you kind of see it like early on and then doing just like wicked things on there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the necessity to kind of get that creative force and like tell that story. Cause I think that's what it is, you know, get that out there. I think really the best content, that is out there currently is stuff like the podcast is that self-made content real content like some of that you know not everything's real obviously on tiktok and whatever whatever the fuck but you really get that individuality i mean those are some of the some of the things i watch the most are like videos on youtube or you know what i mean yeah like that's a big big part of what we're talking about like we kind of leave it out because you don't pay for it but youtube self-made self-generated content even comedians are now putting out their hour specials on youtube as independent like they'll produce it independently and then put it out instead of relying on somebody like comedy central Mm -hmm. to like offer them a special they just put it out there and it's free and accessible to everyone and you can still make money on it. So I think that's the real future of media is things like this, the comic zone. Uh, well, not the com- not just the comic zone, but the podcast and the YouTuber and shit like that. You know, podcasting actually predates the internet. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. So the original podcast is just a subscription-based service that updates... Mm-hmm. through a feed and the original one was actually delivered kind of analog by tape well brian redband 
is like one of the godfathers of podcasts. Like he was doing it before everybody. He got Joe Rogan to do it. You know what I mean? Joe Rogan is an anomaly. Oh yeah, that guy is. Well, so as somebody is look, so looking at marketing, which is a lot of the way I view things, um, it would be very bad idea to model yourself after oh, I know. Rogan right now. Even just like as I was looking at him, I'm like, as I'm doing this, like, what's how do people put their podcasts out there? What does it look like? How do they title their stuff? So I'm looking at all these people. I'm like, all right, what are the big names doing? It's just like episode 234. Mm-hmm. Dude's name. He's very simple, but that's what makes his shit like. But as far as work, his it's like he's very simple, very upfront. They don't fuck around with all the, the bells and but whistles. At the same time, is because he's already getting paid. He's no, he, dude, he, no, 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 no. He started out just like we have, like here. He started out but what, just bullshitting with his friends. He fucking, this is a slow burn. Like he, he, he wasn't already. No, he didn't I, get paid for like six years. No, but I'm saying, his saying, saying right now. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. So, he's but paid. I mean, he's he, not saying that he didn't earn but his he, keep. Yeah, he earned it for damn sure. But I'm saying like, as far as like. I think how modeling yourself on how he got there, you know, um, kind of doing the different things is more interesting than like what no, yeah, is presenting totally. itself. Oh no, yeah. You right don't want to like bite his shit, but like definitely watching how he did things coming up, which, which was very by the cuff, like very loose and off the cuff. Like he didn't, he's YouTube like, YouTube played a big part in it too. What? YouTube. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah him putting it, putting it out there on YouTube. Uh, it as was... far as his titles and how he kind of got people's attention mm-hmm. there to kind of cross pollinate. Well, he, here's the thing is, like, he was already... Uh, you know, he had his following from the UFC. He had his following from Fear Factor. Yeah. He had his following from the man show. See, I always and he, hated he, I always hated Fear Factor, so I like I almost he hates despised it him he, for it. He hated it too. Actually that's he, good to know. He actually thought it was a joke when they brought him in and he, he says he went in high as fuck to the interview and like was just trashing the idea. He's like, You can't you can't do this. Like this is ridiculous and like they they were like, Oh, you got the fucking job. Like he tried to <laughs> not get the job and got the job and he's like he's like the thing about fear factors is it gave me fuck you money he's like it it was a good paying job to where i could finally relax and like uh focus on stand-up comedy which is his main was his always his main thing mm-hmm. and still is like he's very much into the stand-up comedy scene and comedy in general which is kind of strange because I became familiar with Joe Rogan just through watching fights. And he was always the UFC commentator to me. And then I'm like, oh, he's on he's on Fear Factor. But like to me, he was the guy who taught me like because he's very much uh, an experienced and like knows what he's talking about when it comes to fights. Mm-hmm. So while things are happening, he'll be like, okay, so he's in this position. What he needs to do is like step in into here, 
step over like you know what i mean and he'll like explain what's happening and i learned a lot from that but i was always like watching fights you know what i mean it was like what i did and still do a lot of so that was my introduction to him and then i was like oh he's got a fucking podcast like it i didn't even know he he was a stand-up comedian i'm like what like i see him on netflix first time i see one of his specials i'm like what the fuck joe rogan's a fucking comedian but that's like his main deal he's been doing it since the 80s yeah and then yeah so then they started the podcast and he didn't get paid for like six years and then they got monetized on youtube and actually had a following and making money and then spotify comes in with this 20 See, bazillion he, dollar he deal. Hit YouTube at the right perfect time. Too, he he was always ahead of his time with these things. Is the thing. It's like, and then he got on. He saw he right saw the, the right potential time. of the podcast, and not. He's like, but he'll even say that he didn't like plan on getting rich from it. It was just something fun that he liked to do, and bullshit with his friends and get high as balls, and you know what I mean. And it turned into something that he never expected. Yeah. And that, and it's like with great power comes great responsibility. He's got all this great power and I think I would not trust anyone else uh more than him with that responsibility. He's very responsible with the way he runs things. And like he's like and he won't change the way he started off doing it. Like I'm not going to like stop doing this uh, the way I always have. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think to follow his lead is very smart. Maybe not copy what he's doing, but definitely. And he, I don't know. He's just a dedicated, hardworking person that got himself into the position he's in through being diligent and hardworking. And I respect the fuck out of that. And that's like why I wanted to do this in the first place. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm like going off on a whole thing. Yeah. It's all good. That's what what this is all about. That is what this is all about, though, is like, that's what I mean by like, this is the ultimate form of media, in my opinion. Like, I get all of my greatest and best information and just like hearing people talk on podcasts, listening to different points of view. Uh, You get totally different perspectives on even people. Like you might get a really bad impression of a a celebrity or somebody that from social media and shit. And then you hear them talk for three hours on a podcast and you go, oh, well, they don't seem like that at all. Yeah. And you kind of get like a real look at people through the podcast. Mm-hmm. You can't f- phony your way through it. You got to be who you are. Or it comes across as disingenuous. Yeah, you want to be genuous. Yeah, you definitely want to be genuous. Yeah. Is that an Asian joke? No, I was disingenuous. Oh, in- terrible person. Dis- I was just taking out the dis. <laughs> Inuous. Inuous. Being genuous. 
I've taken out. I took out. Always be genuine. I was going to say something that I forgot. Let me remember what it was before we wrap this up. But uh, yeah, make sure to step by Comic-Con, Casper Comic-Con this weekend if you're in Casper. And uh, we'll have a table out there. So say hello. And uh, if you haven't signed up for this dark multiverse giveaway. Drunks, drunks Bill. Drunk spill. Bill's drunk. <laughs> Fuck, what was I going to fucking say? I don't know. God damn it. I had something cool to say. Oh, um, just for my son, if you are a fan of Roblox and watch YouTube videos, he has a channel on YouTube, Bacon Hair Jr. He does little Roblox videos and... I'd appreciate it if you checked him out. He's a cute kid. Um, follow us on where or not on, but wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Google Play, whatever the fuck it is, and check out thecomiczone.com. Oh, this is what I was gonna say. Me and Vince Moreno, we're gonna start doing side episodes of the Comic Zone called dragon these balls we're gonna be talking Bonus episodes y'all yep we're gonna be talking about dragon ball and all things anime so check those episodes out every week too and that's what i was gonna say it's gonna start here uh next month sometime. we're gonna start we're gonna record uh this week and then hopefully have something out next week but this has been the comic zone thank you for listening we love you guys and check us out If you're going to be at Comic-Con, that's going to be the shit. Peace. Adios.